The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to Sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100 at Sleeper.com slash SGP. And of course, make sure to download the SGPN app. It is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome to your Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, Friday, whenever you listen to this show. It is the SGP and Fantasy Football Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I, of course, am your host, Rod Villa Gomez. Joining me today to help me break down the AFC East because as we start to get closer to the season, guys, lots of stuff is going to be uh, taking place. Roster moves are going to be solidified, and we need to break it all down for you as Munaf Maji. He is the host of every other show that's not the three that I host on the uh, <laughs> Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Rod, man? Glad to be back with you. Talk some more fantasy. Talk some more NFL. Look, it's already June 2nd. By the time we blink our eyes, preseason will be starting, my man. It's June 2nd, Moonoff. Where, I mean, I was just, I thought to myself, it feels like the, the, the Super Bowl just ended. Didn't the Rams just win like yesterday? I, well, I, what I love is I love Matthew Stafford's uh, commercials for the, the <laughs> yeah. mobile phone commercials. You mean yeah. I can have instant are- success and then <laughs> like, yeah. I think a lot of people don't get the, like the read between the lines message there. You stick it to the lines. I'm like, I, I loved you to <laughs> death. We never did anything together. Now here I am a new team, an instant Super Bowl champion. It's it's, I love it. Uh, But no, no, I mean, look, it's already been a few months removed from the Super Bowl, and now uh, now it's just getting time where everybody's going to start drafting pretty soon. I mean, we got the month of June. I think heavy drafts start in July, and then like the bulk of everybody else start drafting in August after all of the camps. But, you know, we've seen all of the bigger roster moves now. We've seen the draft happen, so just like we did last time, Munaf, we're just... We're breaking down a division, and this time it just happens to be the AFC East. Who, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of strong teams in this division, and then a couple of hangers on. And I mean, but everybody's got some sort of fantasy relevance, and we're here to break it down for them, right? Yeah, hundred um, percent. This this division's a little intriguing to me, but we'll, we'll dive into it. We sure will. But let's go ahead and begin with the New York Jets. Dead last in the division last year, four and thirteen record, rookie quarterback, just a depleted receiving core. When we talked about it on the on the podcast, Moonoff, we talked about the fact that these guys, their receivers were not that effective at all. In fact, the leading receiver for Zach Wilson was Elijah Moore with five hundred and thirty eight yards. Hard to be effective fantasy wise when that is your top receiver, even as a quarterback or anything else, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, when you kind of take a look at the numbers for their wide receivers, uh, especially the wide receiver room that we, we talked about on the propcast, they had, what, five different guys that had 400 yards or more um, last season for this team, right? Uh, obviously, Jameson Crowder's now gone over, I believe, to the Buffalo Bills. Um, they drafted Garrett Wilson, I believe, yeah. I mean, it feels like, for me, Rod, that... You have a lot of great players on this roster. 
I mean, especially in the in the wide receiving group, we know Elijah Moore is supposed to be the next big thing. So I have uh, Corey Davis. You added Garrett Wilson. It's just I feel like for me, too many guys for the ball. There's only one football. I'll put it that way. And for for the amount of guys that they have that have that potential to be that guy for this team, I I don't put any stock into this receiving group right now because I feel like it's going to be again another year where you have like last year four to five different guys that might have another 400 plus yards um uh, receiving yards between four to five guys and then even if you look at the touchdowns rod five touchdown was a leading um leading uh pass catching touchdown guy was elijah moore with five so i i, I really couldn't wrap my head around at least a receiving group here I, look, to be fair, he, uh, uh, Corey Davis was injured, right? He only played nine sure. games. He had 492. Who knows what would have happened if he'd have been able to play the other eight games uh, in the regular season. He might have gone close to 1,000 yards. But, you know, still, we just never really saw it. And Zach Wilson was a rookie, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is just something that we had to, to know that, yes, we try to put a lot of stock in these rookie quarterbacks, but at the end of the day, they're rookies. And, and these and he- guys... Yeah, it takes a while he to get He missed four games there. too, right? He missed four games too, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, look, am I saying that this is going to be a fantasy-friendly offense? It, it really is not. But here, a couple of intriguing things, though, even as far as a, uh, a receiving standpoint, yes, you're right. If you get a full season of Corey Davis, how much does that help you? Uh, I am, mm-hmm. like you said, very interested in Garrett Wilson. As, as pass catchers go, they've got C.J. Uzama now at tight mm-hmm. end. And then, of course, the big thing uh, is they still got Michael Carter at running back. They, they have Tevin Coleman. They still have Ty Johnson. But they brought in Brees Hall in the draft. Now, this guy yes. is one of those big rookies, that, uh, a rookie name. Didn't, wasn't all the spectacular, splashy name that we're used to, but somebody that they're bringing in now to try to, to give them a running game. So uh, does Brees Hall help this offense at all, and does it help your fantasy team? No, last season, especially on the prop cast, we talked a lot about Michael Carter and and his you know total yardage week in and week out, whether it was receiving, whether it was uh, rushing. I think that now that puts a more of a log jam in that in that running group as well, right? We still have Michael Carter. Ty Johnson was another option as well for this team last season, fantasy wise. Uh, you bring in Brees Hall, Rod. Kind of going back to the point of rookie quarterback last season for the Jets. You also had a rookie head coach which was more of a defensive-minded head coach, right, coming over from San Francisco, their defensive coordinator, Robert Sala. So I think, you know, I think this year, again, will probably be another one of those years where they're still trying to figure things out, who's going to fit into the offense, who's not going to fit into the offense. Uh, you know, you, again, have a lot of guys that were injured last year. We talked about it. Um, but, yeah, going back to your question about Brees Hall, I, I think it definitely is going to help their running game, maybe get some stability there. There's going to have to be one odd man out, whether that's between Michael Carter or Ty Johnson. I think it'll probably be Ty Johnson, but uh, I think Brees Hall, you can maybe pick up in the later rounds just to have on your on your team, on your bench, just in case, just in case, you know, he has a big season for this uh, Jets team. Well, and that's that's a good point, too. If you want to trust Michael Carter, because I'm, I'm, Michael Carter is going to be relatively cheap as well as far as where you can find him in the draft. I just Again, this, this Jets offense is such that when people see him on the, on the board or they see him available in the draft, they don't necessarily grab at them. So you can kind of get some good value on a Jets uh, fantasy player if you are so bold or if you are so inclined to try to take a chance on a guy like Michael Carter because he did get... 
decent vo- uh, volume last season and you <laughs> could do it again this year. But Brees Hall, you're right, sort of puts a damper on the upside of, of uh, Michael Carter and yet could very well be uh, somebody that you need to, to back Michael Carter up in the long run. You know, it, it's a frustrating situation. Michael Carter had 639 yards last year. Not bad for an offense Almost, that wasn't yeah. moving the ball. Almost a thousand scrim, uh, scrimmage yards. You only got 325 passing yards or catching yards. Uh, receive, sorry, receiving yards as well. Yeah. I mean, again, so that that's when you start to break it down, obviously Michael Carter is going to be somebody that you should target. And, you know, yeah. don't go after him too early. I, I, I don't. I don't necessarily have his ADP up right now, but I would say that you probably shouldn't reach for him. Uh, but if he falls to you at a comfortable position, uh, then then go for that. And then, of course, always, if you're going to do that, have Brees Hall at the ready because uh, he's probably going to be even lower in ADP than Michael Carter. Of course, you know we're talking way early ADPs where people that are drafting now are drafting uh, <laughs> like literally right after everything happens. So um, we'll, we'll wait to see what those ADPs are when they shake out later. But... Um, as far as Zach Wilson, we kind of skipped over him a little bit just because we were getting to the receivers as quickly as possible. But for mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, I mean, are we looking at something of a, of a rebound season for him? I, I say rebound, but maybe a better sophomore outing <laughs> for Zach Wilson than, than he had this year last year? Uh, I think so. I mean, you know, when you get to the professional level, you're, you're kind of getting your feet wet in the first year. And like we said, he dealt with some injuries last year, last year as well. He missed four games. Um, the yardage was there for him. I mean, 2,300 yards in about 13 games. That's, that's not bad, uh, for a, a rookie, you know, uh, quarterback in this league, especially on the jets. The big question is, again, he's going to have to improve upon the interceptions, right? Cause last year, 11 interceptions in 13 games. And also he needs to get the touchdowns significantly up. Um, he only had nine passing touchdowns in uh, 13 games. And again, you know, a lot of it is not his fault. I mean, again, when you, I hate the combination of when you have a rookie head coach coming in and you also have a, um, you know, rookie quarterback, it just doesn't, you know, it's not a good recipe uh, for a first year uh, quarterback. I, I would, I would say. Four and 13 last season. I would think that maybe they could eke out a couple more wins this season uh, you know, and, and, and quite possibly uh, maybe get more yardage it's in as a result, in the process mm-hmm. as a result. I just, <laughs> I'm tripping on words today. Uh, it's hard It's hard to fill 10 minutes with the Jets offense. <laughs> I'm finding that to be difficult. Yeah, I mean, even like like Zach Wilson's uh, completion percentage last year, Rod, 55.6, like that's, that's not going to get it done, right? You want to be closer to that 60 range to be a great quarterback in this league and the elite ones get it up there to, I don't know what, 65% if I'm not mistaken, if I'm thinking a QBR, let me see uh, some of these guys last year who led uh, the league in completion percentage. Yeah. So uh, Tom Brady last year, uh, Joe Burrow, 70.4% completion rate, Kyler Murray, 69.2, Aaron Rodgers, 68.9. The average was around 66, so I want to see that for Zach Wilson improve this year. Uh, but again, from a fantasy standpoint, I I, I think I'm selling here, Rod. I, look, here's the thing. When you look at their total yards from last season, right, they mm-hmm. only had but a handful of games that were there even over 300. Uh, they had yeah. games like week three against the Broncos where they're 162 total yards. You know, you can't get things done yeah. with that. And then, of course, week 18, 
where they had 53 total yards. It's just on offense. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a good outing for these guys. And again, you're somebody's got to get the ball, but these guys are not going to be the guys you go after in the first, I would even say, four rounds of any draft. Yeah. And what I mean, they still were what not as bad as some of these other teams, uh, at least passing wise, right? I think they were probably in that maybe that 15 to 20 range where the New York uh, Jets. Um, I also want to look at total yardage, like you mentioned here. Let me quickly filter this here. Um, I, it wasn't so bad. I thought they were like be bottom four down there with like the Giants and the Bears and the Panthers, but. Um, again, this team is projected to 100% improve this season, right? Talked about the receivers. Zach Wilson should take a step forward. I think they're going to be okay, but from a fantasy perspective, I'm staying away. Yep. Or at the very least, just waiting for any one of them to fill the any one of my bench spots that, that happens to oh, come yeah. up. A bye week fill-in, yep. somewhere to that effect, or maybe just a, a nice lottery ticket just in case. 100%. So. I'm telling you, Munaf, I didn't realize how hard it was going to be to talk about the Jets for 10 minutes. I, I, I hear I'm thinking, oh, yeah, we, I mean, we can fill this up. But then I was like, you talk about Wilson, you talk about uh, Brees and, and Michael Carter, and, and you got six minutes to fill. So it's like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> uh, now, this team won't be so difficult to actually fill the time with. Is it? They've got a lot of intriguing things happening. They made a lot of things, uh, a lot of moves, a lot of big, splashy moves in their offseason, and that is the Miami Dolphins finished 9-8, and eight, uh, above 500 in the division, but still not good enough for much of anything other than being on the outside looking in. Uh, of course, they bring back Tua, Mr. Tagaviola, and then just a slew of uh, new folks and new faces, not the least of which is his new shiny wide receiver, Tyreek Hill. So first off, Munaf, let, let's start with the quarterback this time where we kind of glossed over Wilson. Tua yeah. comes back in now, and he's had a couple of years of seasoning, mm -hmm. right? So is this a big step for him in the third year? Or, or I mean, he's got the weapons now. Can he use yeah. them? This is the year for Tua to put up or shut up, Rod. Like, like the GM and the front office have surrounded this player or this quarterback with speed, more speed and more speed, right? We talk about, uh, you know, we talked about Tyree kill. Uh, we'll get to the receivers here in a minute, but for Tua, he has improved from year to year. But another thing for Tua is, is, is health, right? His rookie season, he did play nine games. I think that was when he came in later into the season, but even last year he played what 12 games, for the uh, Miami Dolphins, did have 2,653 passing yards, 16 touchdowns in that span, did have 10 interceptions. But for me, for Tua, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think he's already at a disadvantage being a left-handed quarterback. And I think we have talked about this on the podcast. There's only a handful of guys in the, in the history of the league who have been really good as left-handed quarterbacks, right? Mark Brunel, you talked about Steve Young. Those are the two names that kind of come to mind for me. But from a fantasy perspective, if you're in a two-quarterback league, I, I think you have to give him some co consideration because of the weapons that he does have around uh, uh, on this offense with Tyreek Hill and guys like Jalen Waddle, and even in the uh, in the backfield where he has pass-catching quarterbacks – or sorry, running backs. And you talked about this last season a lot on the podcast is that Yak, right, with this team just screams, yeah, guys like Tyreek Hill on this offense and then – Obviously, those pass catching backs as well. So, I, I would probably look at 
Tua, if you're in a, again a two quarterback lead, probably to pick him up later. I, I don't know. I want to get your thoughts on Tua here also as well. No, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, mean, the, the, I wouldn't put him as a top twelve. I, I certainly no. would. Maybe not even in a, in a fourteen or a sixteen team would he be a QB one for me. I mean, you'd have to be you'd have to have a super deep league for him to be a QB one. I, I would definitely consider him a low end. If you're a person that likes to wait. And I mean, wait on quarterback, uh, especially in a two QB league. That's your option. You know that that's going to be a guy that's going to be out there. He'll get you points every week. You know mm-hmm. he, he'll be a he'll be a valuable super flex piece. But I, I mean, even still, maybe he's my backup to a flex or to the to the second quarterback um, or a yeah. bye week fill in as well. I, I still don't know that I trust him, even with Tyreek Hill now that he's got on his team. Uh, and, and now for Tyreek Hill, this is the question that everybody's asking and everybody's answering, but on our show, we haven't hit it yet. Uh, as far as where this puts Tyreek Hill, he was with the best quarterback in the league with Patrick Mahomes. Now he he has to either try to make to a great, or I think his fantasy value takes a big hit. This is very, very intriguing on where Tyree Kill ends up as far as, you know, we talk about ADP, right? Because I think last year he was, what, a round one guy, uh, 100%. And and that was because, like you mentioned, he was with Patrick Mahomes. But now you go to a guy that's dealt with injuries, has a lot to prove, um, has the weapons around him, but... Where do you think? What do you think as far as ADP for Tyreek Hill as of today? Well, I'm saying I think that's the biggest question mark for me. Well, on on sleeper uh, in a standard league, he's going 15th overall, and he's the sixth wide receiver in a standard off the board. In a PPR, it doesn't change. He's still the sixth okay. wide receiver in the 15th overall. So he's he's that he's a back end. Well, he's a round two guy now. He's he's dropped to the beginning of yeah. round two, and rightfully so. Right, because when you go from Patrick Mahomes to um, to uh, it's it, it's tough. I, I will say this: I, I think the potential is one hundred percent there for a guy like Tyree Kill in this offense. Because we go back to the whole yak conversation. If you get this, the, if you get this guy the ball in open space, he can create for you. We've seen it so many times with Kansas City, where he gets a little bit of space and he's gone. It's a foot race with Tyreek Kill, and I think that he's going to be able to still be able to do that in Miami. Um, but I, yeah, I think that route. I think I think the adjustment is correct. You know, round two, uh, sixth wide receiver taken. I wouldn't take him in round one. Certainly not now until I see what Tua and him can develop as the season kind of starts here. But again, hundred percent, this guy is no doubt going to be a wide receiver one. Well, and he's now got Jalen Waddle on the other end of him, and yes. obviously these guys are going to really kind of key off of each other all season long. And Waddle in his rookie year, uh, one thousand and fifteen yards, right? I mean, it, it was a it was mm-hmm. a great season for him right out of the box. But my only concern is can Tua support two thousand yard receivers? And I'll say this. Because he never really had to. I mean, Mike Gusecki uh, was the next leading receiver on the list as far as terms of uh, yards were involved at 780. And then Devontae mm-hmm. Parker obviously missed some games at 515. So you wonder if Devontae Parker wouldn't have gotten hurt, could he have been a 1,000-yard receiver? And could Tua have supported that? I mean, it, that's, that's really where my concern lays or lies or whatever. 
Yeah, I agree with that 100%, right? And if we kind of take a look at his game log from last season for Tua, uh, he only had one game where he had 300-plus passing yards. Everything else you're kind of looking at it, 198, 109, 196. He had a 291 in there, a 273 in there as well, but a 205, 244, 230. Um, with the receivers that this, this guy has, I think that you know he, he should be in that category of having 275 plus passing yards weekly right and i think that again it's gonna be really it's gonna be something to see if that tua can take that next step number one by being a a good passing quarterback in this league and i think the number two the biggest thing with me is health is he's able to stay healthy because i don't even know who the who's the dolphins backup quarterback um, I know Jacoby Brissett went over to uh, Cleveland. Oh, they got They're Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, they, well, they got Bridgewater. Okay, so I mean, yeah, I think they'll be okay again. But it, it's crazy to see how much of it we, we're talking about here with Tua is how much of this offense really relies on Tua. I mean, it sounds like Captain Obvious, but but he has the pieces around him, right? We talked about Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, uh, even if, even in the in the backfield, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Miles Gaskins. I mean. Those are a lot of great pass catching backs. And I think that, you know, if they're able to find a seam or get into them open field, that they can uh, rack up the yardage for Tua. Well, and so that's what I was going to say. Tyreek Hill probably elevates Tua a little bit. I mean, I, sure, it, yeah. Tyreek, Tyreek gets lowered by Tua, but Tua gets elevated by Tyreek. And you made a perfect segue right into the running back room. That That is a room reminiscent of last year's San Francisco running back room where they just had every running back in the entire league on their roster, and that that's what the Miami Dolphins did this year. They got Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Moster. They still have Miles Gaskin. It just it feels like they have all the running backs and good running backs. We know Sony Michelle obviously really came on with the Rams last year when they needed him. Uh, Raheem Mostert, if he can stay healthy, a solid back, and then again Chase Edmonds right out of Arizona. We saw what he could do uh, last season, especially. He only had 592 yards total, but he definitely got hurt. But he still looked good while he was in there splitting time uh, with James Conner in that Arizona backfield. So there's there's a running game here, Moonoff, that can actually help him maybe pass the ball as the season goes on. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, like we said, like he has now the weapons around him, like both in the backfield and uh, in the wide receiving group. It's just now for Tua, he has to be a NFL quarterback. The potential was there last season. He's had another offseason to learn the playbook. You have a new head coach coming in, uh, and you're very familiar with McDaniels as well, right, Come from the San Francisco system. Um, so, again, I I want to believe in Tua. Um, I, I will give him the benefit of the doubt. I think that with the proper coaching um, with McDaniels and the pieces that he has, I think that you know he can have a an, an average and above average season for the Miami Dolphins. And I would say if you're if you're looking for obviously we talked about Tyreek Hill's ADP, but it, for me feeling comfortable taking a guy like Chase Edmonds probably in that third or fourth round, uh, only because I know that a lot of people are weight on running backs anyway, so I feel like I can get him a little bit later. And then you know Jalen Waddle. Probably in that same sort of Tyreek Hill area. I don't think Waddle's yeah. a first rounder either. You know, I, no. whatever ADP says, I still don't feel that he's a first rounder. But are you comfortable with taking a a a running back that has that legitimately these four guys could be probably starters on any other team? 
I think, well, we've seen Raheem Mostert do it in San Francisco. He just has to stay healthy. That's that's really all there is to it. Um, yeah. And then Sony Michelle, right? Like I said, he looked good with the Rams when he was playing with the Rams. I, I think I don't know really what happened to him in New England. I, it just feels weird because he was there, and then all of a sudden, what Damian uh, Damian Harris came in and yeah. took his his thunder, and that was it. Because Sony Michelle got hurt, so. I feel like you have a handful of of injury prone running backs, and then Chase Edmonds. So, I guess Chase Edmonds would be the guy that it could start on any other team as well because he did. I agree one hundred percent, man. I am. I am. My eyes are going to be glued to Tua because last season, and I keep referring to the propcast, is that his yardage was set at four thousand by the books, right, for his passing yards, and it went well under. I'm curious to see what he comes out to, especially with the weapons that he does have. But Tyree Kill. I mean, if you're sitting there around two, you don't have a choice but to pick him up, right? No, I mean, you don't. <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. I mean, like, you don't. In round two, if he's there, you got to take him because the, yeah, the you potential. Have if he starts going off and you don't have him on your roster, you are you are that's your fault. So yep. Uh, all right, we're gonna step away for a break. Come back and break down the other two teams in the AFC East for fantasy purposes. But let's talk about win. Make sure to get down on the win bets. $50 to win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. If you bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st, 2022, you get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football experience at Encore Beach Club. It includes a two-night stay at Wynn Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed, and if you wager $1,000 on sports, you're eligible for two entries into the prize draw. There's so much to choose from, and all you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 or, 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're giving away $500 in our NBA Finals Prop Contest. Completely free to enter and exclusively on the SGPN app. Just download the app now, hit the contest tab, and get your entry in. Let's move on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. I know you already have several leagues on there. I know I do for sure. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. Now, you can make money on Sleeper by playing the new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball, hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to 20 times the money you put in. And the reason that I'm so excited about the over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join all my buddies' contests and we can all play together. It's got built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to go ride it out together. So stop what you're doing. Download the Sleeper app now or play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. You can join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Sleeper's going to automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad and get the 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source app, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogen. It's easier to use than it is to say, folks, to help you start your day off right. Special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. Cost you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your mental health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you your first free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do, visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy that's right without added security you might as well be giving away your private data to hackers advertisers your isp and all sorts of other prying eyes that is why i use ipvanish vpn to make it easy to truly stay private on the internet ipvanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100 of your data that means your private details passwords communications browsing history and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands even your physical location will be hidden ipvanish makes you virtually invisible online it is literally that simple you can use ipvanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed. So your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do, tap one button, you're instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use the promotional code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. Two teams down, two powerhouse teams to go as we continue our way through the AFC East talking fantasy football with Munaf Manji, who, of course, is the host of all of your favorite SGPN uh, podcasts here on the network. Uh, so, yeah, Munaf, we've got two more teams to go in the AFC East. It's it's one of those, uh, you know, we knew for the longest time in the world who was the king of the AFC East. And uh, now it's not so much we know because we know who one of them is. But I feel like this next team that we're going to talk about could steal back that title uh, at any point, even though there's folks in this network that don't think so as well. But we're talking about the <laughs> New England Patriots. Finished 10-7. and seven, And look, for what it's worth, this was probably one of the most impressive performances out of a team I think I've seen in a while. You know, you're a couple of years removed from losing the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, well, I, I, the arguments are out there. It doesn't matter. He, I think Tom Brady, no matter how much I love Montana and Young and all these guys that, that played well, uh, you, got, you just can't argue with the fact that Tom Brady's the greatest. So they lose yeah. him. Now they turn around. They have a rookie quarterback. And they finished ten and seven with this rookie quarterback. It, it's just insanely crazy. Um, but only Bill Belichick, right? <laughs> Look, 
I think really, Rod, we have to start the conversation with the New England Patriots about the change of uh, offensive coordinator, right? Because Josh McDaniels was there for so many years. I know he left one year to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, and then he came back. But now who's the offensive coordinator? Joe Judge now that's the offensive coordinator for this football team. I know you still do have Bill Belichick on this team as your head coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. But how much of a concern is it for you going from Josh McDaniels to Joe Judge? I think that's where the conversation really has to start. It's concerning, but it's also something where we've seen this happen and we've seen it play out with the the Patriots in that, you know, yeah, they had a lot of longevity, but they're a team that continues to just rebound and it doesn't kind of matter what the situation is. They find a way to get back on top. And so, and when they get on top, they stay on top for a long time. Uh, you know, what you, you think about how Brady rose to fame, you know, he came mm-hmm. in for Drew Bledsoe and, and almost never looked back after that. And, and the dynasty started and nobody really gave it much of a shot to start in the first place. Right. I mean, it was like, nobody really thought of much of, of Brady. Obviously his draft position was low and the, the team around him was not all that great at first. And then all of a sudden they become one of the greatest franchises in the history of the sport. So I don't know. I mean, are they going to go on that type of a run now? No, but I have a feeling that they're going to stay competitive in a 10 win season last year in, mm-hmm. in Mac Jones's first year. I think they're going to give the bills a little more of a headache than a lot of people are giving them credit for this year. Yeah. And I think we can start that conversation with Mac Jones, right? I mean, that incredible season last year, if it wasn't for Jamar chases, uh, final stretch towards the end of the season, Mac Jones would probably be, or would be the rookie of the year. Right, he had over a, li- a hair, literally a hair over thirty eight hundred <laughs> passing yards last season, three thousand eight hundred and one, um, sixty seven uh, percent completion um, uh, percentage, twenty two touchdowns. The one concern is uh, interceptions. Right, and again, rookie quarterback, you're still learning, especially being in the New England offense where they, you know, that they're going to put you in the right positions. Um, and I think obviously when you still have Bill Belichick there, I think that that kind of negates of negates what Joe Judge may bring to this team now because Bill Belichick is king of the land in Foxborough there. So I think that Mac Jones, do you put him as a top 15 quarterback in this league? Uh, top 15? Or top half. Yeah, was it 32 teams? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I put him in the top half. I, I, okay. I, I would probably say that he's a low-end, well, high-end QB2. For me, okay, you know, again, just looking at his yardage total, the only thing that really kind of makes me cringe is the interceptions, you know, and and he didn't have a lot of touchdowns, honestly. I mean, 22 touchdowns to 13 interceptions that that those cost you fantasy points, those interceptions. So those aren't those aren't things you're looking for. And but I mean, if if we're going to talk about getting better, you know, in a second year, I could easily see him getting over 4000 yards, maybe picking up about three or four more touchdown passes on top of that. But, you know, you look who they, he's got around him. He's got Kendrick Bourne coming back. Got Jacoby Myers still. Now he's got Devontae Parker. He's got Nelson Aguilar still. You know, mm-hmm. I, to me, he's still got that that same sort of cast around him that, that got him to 3,800 yards. So he's sitting in a pretty good position to try to improve this year. Yeah. And, again, again the like you said, the pieces are around him, right? I like to pick up Devontae Parker on this team. Uh, and like you mentioned, Kendrick Bourne and uh, Jacoby Myers are going to be back next season for this uh, New England roster. Uh, both of those guys had 800-plus uh, receiving yards. The touchdowns weren't there for him, uh, but 
we know how Bill Belichick really likes to utilize his uh, tight ends. And if we kind of take a look at it last season, Hunter Henry led this team, at least receiving-wise, with nine receiving touchdowns. And I think that's a good option to have. A 603 uh, receiving yards is nothing to, you know, um, it, it, I guess it didn't fall short of my expectations of what Hunter Henry could do in this offense. We saw what he did with the uh, uh, with the I'm sorry with the Chargers, um, and now they also brought in John U. Smith to kind of have that two tight end set that they usually have loved to run for since the Tom Brady era. Right? We talk about Gronk, we talked about Aaron Hernandez when he was on this roster. Um, so you look at it. I, I think the one guy, and I, you're going to agree with this, the one guy that I would one up front on this team it's damian harris right 15 touchdowns last year rod that's incredible almost had a thousand uh yards receive sorry uh rushing he had let's see 132 receiving yards but i think the big thing for this team is that they love to utilize the running backs and that's no secret and damian harris i think is is a guy that i would want as an rb1 on my team um again with the 15 touchdowns i think that he's just going to improve i think he'll break that 1000 rushing yard marker uh this season um and i think that's where the conversation starts fantasy wise for uh, a player that i would want on my roster from this new england patriots team yeah and damian harris missed two games last year i mean he he was yeah. he only played in 15 games so he would have very easily probably gone over that 1000 yard mark and maybe even one more touchdown. More touchdowns. On yeah. top of that, yeah, he mm -hmm. he just like I said, he made Sony Michelle irrelevant in New England. Basically, is really what it ended up being. And and Damian Harris proved that he can be that lead back and that guy that carries the load. So you know, a four point six yard average per carry. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime you can touch the ball and get four or five yards, that's what you want. You know, out of your running back. Yeah. So you're right. He he to me is a running back one as well. Um, I still don't see him as a first rounder. No, I would no, definitely take him in the not. second round, like the back end of the second round, if he's still mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I would definitely not shy away from having him as my running back one. You talked about those tight ends, you know, Johnu Smith. Man, when you when you thought that Johnu Smith was going to be in a good situation, and then all of a sudden, the, Hunter Henry kind of eats up into that. Um, I don't think. I guess Hunter Henry would be the one I'd want out of both of these because. For whatever reason, Johnny Smith just couldn't get any traction in that offense. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year, right? With, with uh, especially the tight ends, because like I mentioned, they they pride themselves on the tight end position. Hunter Henry last season, seventy five targets, fifty receptions in that span. Like I said, nine touchdowns as well. Uh, you probably want to see a little bit more yardage uh, out out of uh, Hunter Henry there, but he had an average of twelve point one per reception last season um and again that's a, maybe a lot to do with maybe what the patriots would did last season and kind of maybe protecting uh, mac jones in his rookie year and not taking those shots down the field because we know he can throw the football there's no there's no there's no questioning that it's just are this season are they now going to take more chances down the field or is it going to be more you know dinking and dunking and then you know relying on the running game with damian harris so at least for me for this team um damian harris there's no question about it you know back in um second round like you mentioned early third round if he's still there 100 um and then hunter henry has maybe if you need a second tight end or a flex position that's really late again the touchdowns are there again touchdowns are huge in fantasy right rod so again um i think that mac jones for me 
100% a guy that you would want in a two-quarterback lead. I don't think he's a a guy that would be your number one quarterback on your fantasy team. I would say Hunter Henry is a good pickup in a tight end premium uh, type of a situation as well. May even be like a first eight or nine off the board for that. Uh, purposes mm-hmm. and then just the receivers as we wrap things up with the the Patriots Devontae Parker you know we, we obviously know that in Miami it was a rough go for him uh, more often than not uh, but does he get a boost here with the Patriots and do you think Mac Jones makes him a little better I think so um, but I just, I just feel like that he just has that chemistry with a guy like Jacoby Myers because you take a look at the targets last season for this Patriots wide receivers, Rod, 126 for uh, Jacoby Myers. The next uh, next guy was Hunter Henry at 75. You bring in a guy like Devontae Parker, he is interesting to me. Um, I'm not sure that is a guy that – do you think that he does get drafted or do you pick him up on waiver wire? I would I would probably feel comfortable with him and and look anybody but maybe Meyer as a wide receiver three or flex like any okay. any of those other guys so Parker could end up being one of those late round steals if he's still around and and you know if he's around eight nine ten maybe even before you pick up your kicker or your defense yeah uh, yeah if you if he's there around that area maybe maybe take a because if you're gonna pick him up or a, a fifth running back. I would probably take a chance on him if he's still there. Again, I don't see him going all that high, especially and, and, from last yeah. season and this season. And he comes in with something to prove, right? Because maybe things didn't work out for him with uh, the Miami Dolphins. How he comes into a team with the New England Patriots that, you know, it, just do your job. That's a model there, right? Do your job. He's going to come out. He has something to, uh, you know, a something to prove that he belongs in this league, that he's still a, a, a wide receiver that can get it done. Uh, maybe a guy that you want to stash just in case on your bench. And if case he pops, you know, you have him or you can put him out as a I know, wide receiver three, if he goes that deep in your league, or even like you mentioned, a flex position. Got to be frustrating for Devonte Parker. <laughs> you know, 100%. the talent's there, but just can't, can't seem to stick. Uh, all right, let's yeah. move on to the last team on this list. And that is the AFC East division champion, Buffalo Bills, 11-6. and six. I said that New England could give them a run because they almost did give them a run last year. <laughs> they were within a game of it. And, uh, I, I, again, I think we're in for another one of those seasons. Uh, I mean, there's not much analysis that you can go when we talk about guys like Stephon Diggs, uh, Josh Allen, you know, all these guys that we know are, are the, the guys on this team. Yep. Right? Like, we know everybody's going to go after Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. We don't have to tell you to go after Josh Allen. He's going to be one of the first quarterbacks taken off the board uh, wherever you feel comfortable taking quarterbacks. And then, of course, in a super flex or two QB league, he's probably going 101. You know, I've seen him him go as high as one several times over. Um, And Stephon Diggs. But here's my question about Stephon Diggs. All right? We know that Stephon Diggs is good. I mean, I don't, we don't, you, I, I don't got to tell you that <laughs> you don't got to tell anybody that Stefan Diggs is good. 1200 yards last year, 10 touchdowns, 103 catches, just an insane 164 targets. Insane. Insane. Mm-hmm. But moving off, can he do it again? Why not? I, I mean, look, the, the second that Stefan Diggs 
landed in Buffalo, Josh Allen was probably like a kid in a candy store. And the numbers and the numbers say it, right? Right? Like I want to quick I know we talked uh, we, we me and uh, Dan talked about uh Josh Allen on on the podcast that we did today. And if you just kind of take a look at his numbers of, of what happened when uh, uh Stefan Diggs came over to this team 2020. So in 2019, he had 3,089 passing yards. 2020, when Stefan Diggs got on this team for 4,500 plus passing yards, he also had 37 touchdowns uh in that season, that first year Stefan Diggs, right? And I think that Stefan Diggs, we talk about look at the targets that he gets from Josh Allen over the last two seasons in Buffalo, 166 and 164 and that's you know playing what 15 games in 2020 and then uh he played all 17 games last year uh for this buffalo bills team so stefan diggs i think i believe in one team i had a stack of josh allen and stefan diggs which worked out very very well and on my championship team last year josh allen was my starting quarterback and you know going back to your question about stefan diggs he's gonna get the yardage we know that He's going to be a thousand yards, twelve hundred plus yard receiver. Uh, the touchdowns last season was his first uh, year where he got uh, into double digit touchdowns. But again, the receptions are there for this guy. One hundred twenty seven going back to twenty twenty. Took a little dip last year, one hundred and three. Um, but again, the targets are there for him. They've, they've been consistent over his first two years with the Buffalo Bills. Twelve point uh, one uh, yards per reception. In 2020, 11.9. Nothing really changed there. So I think they're still going to look for Stephon Diggs. And he's that downfield threat. We've seen it so many times when in his time with Josh Allen that they throw a 40, 50, even a 60-yard pass down the field of Stephon Diggs. And he's right there waiting for that touchdown. So I still think that he can continue the production as long as Josh Allen is a the quarterback there. I concur. But here's the thing, too. This is what's interesting. You look at his, his uh, ADP on sleeper right now. In a standard league, he is actually going off 13th overall. So just outside of the first round. I find mm. that very interesting. He's, he's the turn pick in round two. So somebody values, he's the fifth wide receiver in a PPR in rank, but he's the 13th overall. I, Do you, is that too ahead. low? I'm sorry. I thought it was too high. Yeah? So, so who's the five quarterbacks ahead of him? The five, the five. Oh, sorry, uh, running backs before. Uh, sorry, wide receivers before him. Uh, well, I'd have to like dig that up, but I, I would assume that uh, Justin Jefferson. Yeah, Justin Jefferson out there. J Jamar Chase is probably Jamar up there. Chase. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me pull up the stats from last year. Uh, let's see. So Cooper Cup, Justin Devonte Adams. Yep. And then Debo, maybe. No, not Debo. Tyreek. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> it's just an interesting uh, interesting situation. Okay, so it's Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs. Those are the okay. top five. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm wrong there then. Um, yeah, it could be a little low for him, but I, I feel like, I don't know, I, I, with Josh Allen there, and I feel like this year, this team, like <sighs> – Obviously, they have the championship aspirations. Now, now you know the thorn that was in your side with Tyreek Hill would constantly torch them in the AFC championship game is not there anymore. Um, but I just feel like this team this year is just going to go all out 
get that try to get that number one seed. And I feel like if they don't get that number one seed, it's going to be I think it's going to be a failure for them um, for the regular season. Obviously, your ultimate goal is to win the championship. But with, with Stefan Diggs, I'm a believer. If he, if he's sitting there, and if I have like the twelfth pick. Um, in the back end of a second round or if I have an early pick in the second round or sorry, the first round, if he's still there in the second round in the early pick, I'm grabbing him 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Well, you look at, okay, let's, let's look at the surrounding cast now because there's no Cole Beasley anymore. There's no Emmanuel Sanders. So now instead there's Gabriel Davis, who obviously was Mm -hmm. there last time and Jamison Crowder, who, who comes onto this team uh, by way of the Jets. So you've got Diggs, Davis and Crowder. Those are three absolutely talented uh, wide receivers. Gabriel Davis obviously showed us gigantic flashes and came on big toward the at least the back half of the season. 549 yards, he ended up with six touchdowns. Um, does, does the loss of Beasley and Sanders boost up Davis, or, or does this go more toward Crowder territory? I think it boosts him up uh, for sure because he's going to be what? It's going to be 2A and 2B with Crowder and Gabriel Davis, right? I mean, obviously, we know Stephon Diggs is going to be number one. I think I'm a little more intrigued with Crowder because we know that, like, he's, like, healthy. I know he's dealt with some injuries over the past couple um, seasons, uh, but Crowder is always a guy that, again, number one, can – he eats up the receptions. He gets the one great year he had with the Jets. He had 122 targets – um 78 catches but i feel like coming onto a team here with josh allen at that at that quarterback position is is, this is where his targets are going to go up and i think the yard is going to go up too but again with jameson crowder the whole conversation is health because over the last four years he started in 2018 seven games for the uh then washington redskins now the commanders he started 12 games in 2019 for the Jets, and then the last two seasons with the Jets, seven and four, right? So I think that, you know, thinking that that, again, the health is the question, but it just kind of seems like I think you're good with either one of those two guys in Gabriel Davis or Jamison Crowder. Now that I'm kind of talking it out here with you, I'm probably leaning towards Gabriel Davis because this I feel like this might be a breakout year for him. Yeah, and again, Gabriel Davis is not going to be any more than a flex player for you, week in, week yeah. out, or or sure. bi-week fill-in. It's not; he's not going to be the wide receiver two that you could hope he'd be. But yeah. you know, uh, all right, let's take a look at the tight end position because Dawson Knox is still with the team, and Dawson Knox is always somebody who uh, can can give you some big games every once in a while. He had what overall 587 yards, nine touchdowns. That's that's really mm-hmm. what jumps out at you. A couple of games yeah. where he had multiple touchdowns, and almost felt like he was scoring every game. He may not have given you the yardage to back it up, but at least mm-hmm. he got into the end zone and, and a few catches to go along with it. So, um, where are you where are you valuing Dawson Knox in the tight end world? Um, you know the the, the the conversation about tight ends is always interesting, right? Because right now for me. And I think you would agree with this. It's obviously Travis Kelsey. It's Mark Andrews. Darren Waller are like your top three guys. Do you throw George Kittle into that conversation? If he's healthy. Okay. I mean, so that's yeah. four. And then after that, like, it's a crapshoot for a tight end, right? <laughs> I mean, am I missing anybody? No, I mean. I, like, like, those are the four guys that you target. 
I feel like, again, with Dawson Knox last year, we talked about him a lot on the propcast as well to getting over his yardage because it was getting priced so low. But uh, the one popular bet with Dawson Knox was first uh, first uh, touchdown reception. And we talked about, like you said, he had nine reception or nine receiving touchdowns last, uh, last year. I mean, that's pretty good for a guy that – only had 49 catches last year for this team. Nine of his 49 uh, <laughs> uh, catches last year went for touchdowns. And I, I think that, again, he – I want to trust him to be a starting what tight end for you. But at a point, like, you don't have a choice but to put him in because the tight end market, it's 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 not glamorous after the four or five guys that we just talked about, right? No. And for Dawson Knox, going to be that target for you in the red zone. And I think we talked about that with Hunter Henry on the New uh, New England Patriots, who also had nine touchdowns for you. So I would pick up Dawson Knox. I probably has a tight end if I if I don't get one of the elite ones. But um, I think this he's going to take a step forward this year uh, for sure because he had a great season last year. Uh, he had a pretty good uh, playoff run as well. I think that he's going to take that next step because again, let's just say J- Jameson Crowder gets injured again. It's Stephon Diggs. It's uh, Gabe Davis, and then it has to be Dawson Knox for the Buffalo Bills offense. Right, yeah, definitely for sure, because it that's what it was last year. So he yeah. comes in as the eighth tight end and a half PPR uh, overall, and then 95th, actual 95th overall uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, just to wrap up the, the thoughts on the Bills as we head uh, into it, the the actual running back situation there is is crazy because we've got Devin Singletary, uh, right, and he comes back yeah. again. But this has got to be his team this year, right? I mean, this this to me feels like Devin Singletary is going to get the actual uh, bulk of everything this year. It has to be right because he kind of what, what was it? Is he he the one that came on kind of last uh, year towards the end of the year where he had the AFC Wild Card game against the Patriots? He had. 81 rushing yards for them in that game um that a uh, Kansas City game I'm throwing out because that was a a uh, quarterback slash uh, receiving yard bonanza for you in that game but you take a look at his last two games I know it was against Atlanta and the New York Jets but 110 uh, rushing yards 88 rushing yards three combined touchdowns in those games he finished the season with uh, um uh four straight games with at least one rushing touchdown for you and I think that's where you kind of get, um Devin Singletary he has to for this Buffalo Bills team to take some of that pressure off of Josh Allen because we know Josh Allen is a running quarterback, and we've seen some of the shelf life of those running quarterbacks where you take those hits. It adds up, Rod. We know that, and I think that's where Devin Singletary has to step up this season. He has to be a, 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 a reliable running back for this team because they've gone back and forth between Singletary uh, Zach Moss on this roster as well. And they again, they drafted uh, James Cook, didn't they, uh, on this team, uh, Dalvin Cook's brother, I believe. So, um, again, he might be looking over his shoulder seeing James Cook back there, so he has to have a productive season. And Duke Johnson is there to catch some passes yeah, in the backfield too. So, yeah, I mean, look, Devin Singletary is going to be the guy, and he's going to be the guy that you're going to draft. I would say a third or fourth round pick, maybe even you know if you're swing in the fifth. You can catch him there, but uh, yeah, th- this Bills offense is going to be powerful, and you probably want as many pieces of them as you can. I wouldn't overload your roster with them because on bye week you'd be screwed, but you know, yeah. <laughs> plan accordingly. Yeah, definitely a lot of potential with this 
uh, Buffalo Bills uh, team, right? Josh Allen. I mean, we we didn't even need to talk about. Him. We know Josh Allen's probably going to be the one of the first quarterbacks off the off the uh, off the board. We talked about Stephon Diggs, but I think the intrigue there is with like we talked about with Devin Singletary, and then with either it's Dawson Knox or Gabe Davis for this team. Um, I think the one more intriguing one is Devin Singletary for me, just because of the way he did finish last year uh, during the regular seats. I know it wasn't like I mentioned against the greatest defenses, but I think that there's something to it where he even he got 81 rushing yards against a New England Patriots rush defense, which was, I think, pretty good last year uh, during the regular season. He also had two rushing touchdowns. I know it was the playoffs, but I think that's some momentum that you can carry into coming into the 2022-2023 season. Sir, and again, it's just it's the Bills. You're gonna draft them. You're gonna draft them. That's they're gonna yeah. do well for you in fantasy. Kind of end of story. So, uh, yeah. all right, Moon off. We have just basically done the AFC East. It's justice in fantasy wise. Why don't you go and tell everybody uh, for the next twenty minutes where they can find you on the SGPN? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you guys can find me uh, on the NBA Gambling Podcast. NBA Finals are tipping off actually tonight on Thursday night, so we're definitely excited about that. Uh, MLB Gambling Podcast, we're right in the thick of it and in the meat of the season right now, so come check myself out. Uh, come check out Malcolm, Noah, uh, and Dylan. We're doing we're, we're doing a great job so far this season. Also, on the PropCast with Rod, where we're grinding out these pods, uh, getting ready for the NFL season with uh, early – yardage uh props that we're seeing over unders if you guys are betters listening to the to the uh fantasy football podcast come join us on the propcast when we're talking about uh rookie we did what rookie uh, wide receivers last week uh we're talking about some more of the elite quarterbacks this week over on win bet some uh, numbers that they have posted also just get all the uh writing and content i do on sports gambling podcast.com as well a lot of great stuff uh coming within this month in the month of june as we kind of lead up to football season rod I'll tell you this, if you have trouble finding Moonoff stuff, you are not looking hard enough. <laughs> uh, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Follow the SGPN Fantasy world at SGPN Fantasy. On Twitter, subscribe to this show, The Propcast. Now the CFL Gambling Podcast, the NASCAR Gambling, whatever you want. MLB, soccer, Zed Horse Racing. Jeez, if there's something to bet on, Moonoff, we've, we've said it before. We've got something for it, right? So. That's what it is. If there's odds on the on at the sports book, we're covering it. We are covering it. So again, make sure to find it all on the SGPN app. Until next week, everybody, when we start breaking down the the man, it's the USFL playoffs, uh, fantasy wow. style. Not 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 the USFL fantasy playoffs. We're already in the USFL oh, okay, fantasy okay. playoffs, but <laughs> we'll cover it to help you win your championship this Tuesday. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always. And until next time, everybody, good luck out there and let it ride.